Welcome to HomeWise, a podcast of Highlands Ministries. Wisdom is essential in building a strong family and home life. Proverbs says that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman tears it down. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Kara Murphy, my wife and the mother of our 10 children, ages 3 to 20. I've been blessed with a wise and godly wife, and over the years I've learned that Christian women appreciate her perspective and need encouragement to rise above the folly of our culture and be home wise. Carol, let's talk about something that we have observed, uh, both in our home and in the lives of others around us, and that is that uptight parents tend to make uptight kids. Yes, they do. I, I have had the blessing of, after quite a few miscarriages here and our oldest is five. She'll be six in June and I'm pregnant again and have made it to the 12 week mark. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. And went to the doctor and received my free, all my free magazine and materials. And it was so interesting. It was interesting in a lot of ways. It was interesting to see the changes in just six years Mm -hmm. since the last time I was pregnant this time of year or this time of a pregnancy. And also to think back, you know, 22 years to the first time I was pregnant, well, 23 years um, when the first time I was pregnant and to see the changes, um, to see the changes in the, what's emphasized and what is, good and bad and what is prohibited and what is allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was most interesting to me was to see all the interesting changes in what's available to parents. We, we've commented since our sons and their wives have had children, uh, they have all these gadgets and things, uh, whether it's a carrier or blankets or different things that they have. And you look at it and go, Oh, we didn't have anything like that. That is so cool. The Moses baskets, you know, um, kind of a throwback from a time in the past and they've become popular again. And, but those weren't available when our, when our 22 and almost 21 and those children were, um, babies and it was exciting. Oh, and the differences in the pacifiers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, such a silly thing. So are you finding that, I mean, did you see in that and all that stuff in the magazine and everything that it was creating more uptight parents? Well, there was one of the things I noticed is there an app for everything. Right. And some of the assumption from the apps for everything is that you're not with your children. <laughs> you know, there's an app to, you know, oh, of course, assuming you're not going to be with your kids. Yeah. And, um, but also the safety things are what, what got me, you know, there's an article on, Organic or not organic. And, um, there's articles, just, just articles that can be, uh, oh, there was an article on what they called mom shaming, which is a whole new term I had never heard of before. Yeah. And it's this idea that all of this social media that we have available now tells moms what they should and shouldn't do and what they shouldn't, shouldn't be. And if they don't live up to the. Yeah. What they're seeing on their. Facebook feed. Right. Then they're going to be, you know, ashamed of what yeah. they are, which I thought was hysterical because, um, yeah, we had that too. We just didn't have social media. I was always telling my children, now don't you tell any of the other mothers or they're going to kick me out of the mom club, you yeah. know, because yeah. I was so relaxed about a lot of the, the things that a lot of moms were uptight about. Um, but why, why do you think parents get so uptight? 
Well, I mean, there's the obvious. You're the, you and your husband, you know, you two together are 100% solely responsible for this human life. (laughs) And so, you know, last thing you want to do is you want to mess up. Mm -hmm. And of course, the people who get new babies are the least experienced. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even I had moments of, do I know how to do this? Yeah, I remember it's, saying, they're letting us take him home? Yes. Well, I remember that with this pregnancy. <laughs> you know, thinking of, of uh, bringing, having that little tiny newborn and um, diapering and bathing. And, and you know, you forget a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming it's like riding a bicycle and it'll all come back. But there's definitely some fear there. Uh, yeah. And then there's, um, I, I think that there, I think the internet does contribute because I think no matter what you do with your children, there's someone who's out there telling you that whatever it is, is going to be dangerous, scary, bad for them, bad for you, bad for the economy, bad for ecology, something. Um, So you pretty much can't win for losing uh, whatever you choose. Would would you equate uh, being uptight with being fearful? Oh, absolutely. That's the root. Would you say it's always fear? Um, I think some people are just, well, I would say yes. Uh, I think some people are more bent toward a fearfulness yeah. that creates that uptight nature. Yeah. Um, I also think that... They may have an up, had uptight parents. Yes. And so now they're uptight parents. Yes. Or, or if you want to say it another way, they may have had parents who were fearful of a lot of different things. Yeah. And so now they themselves are fearful yeah. Uh, as parents in a lot of different areas. And I think it's, uh, I think to some degree, all parents are somewhat uptight. That's appropriate. It's going to keep you and your child safe and alive. And, yep. uh, but I think if you look around and you're always the uptight one and, you know, compared to the other young parents, um, you, you there's a problem. Yeah. You know, if, um, I just read a great study that children who suck their thumbs, have a much, much, much smaller likelihood of developing allergies uh-huh. when they get older. Yeah. And the, the, it's the theory very simply of their thumbs get dirty. They get oh, yeah. germs. They yeah. get stuff on them. And then the child basically is inoculating themselves. It makes all the sense in the world. Right. And yet I know parents who, you know, freak out. No, oh, that's dirty. Don't let that come near the baby's mouth. Yeah. And yet God has created <laughs> naturally antibiotics. God has created if you will, inoculation for that child through their natural curiosity. We just heard recently of the big study uh, of uh, when to introduce your kids to peanuts because of all the peanut allergies out there. Yeah, that's interesting. And they they said, if you want to help your kids not have a peanut allergy, give them don't wait. Don't wait till after a year to introduce it. Before they turn a year old. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And and yet, I mean, since Rich and Luke were little, they were telling you, don't let you give your kids peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. And but yet there's an example of something I've always been pretty relaxed on. I mean, I wasn't giving peanut butter sandwiches to a six-month-old, but at the same time, if the baby was crawling around and picked up a crumb of the brother's sandwich, and oh, oh, yuck, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just... Yeah. Um, and you can't... I mean, you can control things to some extent, but you either have to be a Nazi about it and, right. and keep your child in their high chair or in a swing or in your arms. Right. 
and never let them on the floor, never let them in someone else's hands, never leave them with someone else to take care of. Yeah. You, you can't control everything. Right. And that's uh, that's interesting, but I think that, that some of that desire to control is definitely at the root of the uptightness. I agree. And uh, that's it's interesting because people who do, and I know we've fallen into, I don't want to yeah. exclude ourselves, we've fallen into that. Some of this we've learned just by doing it. Right. And being wrong about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But when you try to control all things, it's interesting because there's nothing in Scripture that reinforces that attitude. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in Scripture. I mean, there's absolutely that God is in control. And and there's absolutely Scripture that will support wisdom and doing things that are wise. Yep. But so much of um, our desire to control comes out of our sinfulness of wanting to play God. Yeah. And of thinking we are actually in ultimate control. Right. Right. Which and is not... A position of faith, it's, it's it, control, it's fear. It is a fear. It's yeah. a, it's like you're afraid of what God's going to do. Um, you can't, you can't trust him to take care of circumstances. You've got to step in and do it for him. And I say that from knowing that from personal examples, yeah. <laughs> you know, in my own life, that's, that's where that comes from. Yeah. But ultimately the sad part is the children pay the price. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it says, Crazy is, you know, the children who are kind of, um, what am I looking for? Neuro, neurotic, children who are neurotic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's the worst case example. Then there are the children who, um, are sort of provoked to wrath because of the inappropriate expectations of the, of the parents. There's missing out on a good bit of life that's really great for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think there of the families who are so, so set on their schedule and so set on, you know, the children having to be in bed at eight o'clock at night or eight thirty at night that then they miss out on body life in the church yeah. because they can't be in a Bible study because their children wouldn't be in bed by eight o'clock. And then yeah. the whole universe would collapse in on itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, we're not always as disciplined as we should be. And yet there is also a stage of, or there's a sense of it's important that we not create idols either. And to recognize that some flexibility is good for everyone. It's good for mom and dad and the children. And it's also a benefit to the people around them. Yeah, absolutely. So trying to to balance out that flexibility and recognizing you can't serve as a family if you are so rigid, you know, in that area of your, of your life. Um, and it's interesting, but you see it, you see in the kids, you definitely see, um, and, and some we've, we've seen families. Um, it's interesting, but the more relaxed and laid back the parents are, we have seen in general, now there's, Children who have colic and, and ish, physical issues going on. But mm-hmm. in general, the more relaxed, laid back parents have these happier babies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that from the, from early on, the children, uh, get a sense of that. Now, that's not to say if you have a fussy baby, you're necessarily an uptight person because there are, you know, a yeah. whole host of physiological issues yeah. that play into that. But yeah. just in general, having the benefit of seeing large families. Yeah. So we see these parents with these, seven, eight, nine, ten children, and you can make generalizations about the babyhood of eight, nine, ten children and say, <laughs> yeah, their babies are pretty much, they are responsive to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, even in our life, our fussiest baby happened at our most stressful time. Um, and 
you know, and there's definitely, it does play into their emotional well-being, their response to what's going on around them. So what would you say to um, parents of a young child or young children who are seeing odd behavior in their children? Because we get this pretty frequently when we are out and about, if we're speaking somewhere or visiting with folks, uh, we'll get uh, a question about a, a particular child in the family and this really odd behavior. Uh, and maybe that odd behavior is, is, uh, it could be any of those things that we've already mentioned. Um, but it's just not normal. And I'm not talking about, you know, skills in school. Like they can't read. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about social skills. Right. Um, what do you say to parents who see things in their children and they, whoa, that's, that's odd. Or right. where's that coming from? Or. Right. Well, I think it is important to look at your typical lifestyle and to look at ways that you're reinforcing the behavior and to determine that you're not going to reinforce the behavior. Um, now, it may require some baby stepping out um, of what you've been doing and changing up slowly, but it's important, for example, um, if you have a child that is super structured, it's really important to change the schedule every day. <laughs> now, we've not had too much trouble with that because with yeah. the large family and a lot of things going on and your work not being a typical nine to five job, mm -hmm. it's not conducive to this super scheduling yeah. type lifestyle. Um, but there are a couple of our fellas who would like to be rigid yeah. and that would be the worst thing for them. And so they have to learn you know, in small ways to adapt and change and respond and get things done when they're not in the same order every day. And that is a healthy thing for them so that they don't become yeah. worse with their tendencies to be too structured. Yeah. Um, then there's, you know, a lot of odd behaviors. It's, it's interesting, but as we've done, as we dive into some of this, most of the quote solutions for odd behaviors are simply doing what common sense tells you you should do. Yeah, it's really you, true. You do it in gentleness. You do it in love. You do it with consistent discipline, positive and negative reinforcements, both. Um, but that comes, I mean, it should be common sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yet it's not. It's yeah. like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. And you're like, well, you're the grown-up parent, and that's the child. And they're not going to change their ways of doing things unless you change the environment they're in, unless you change the expectations, unless you change what is rewarded yeah. and what is um, hindered, you know, what you are happy about yeah. and what you're not. And it's amazing how quickly kids change. They when do. When you are young kids, especially. Yes. When you uh, make those changes, those yes. adjustments early. Yes. Although I will say that um, when you're changing that kind of thing, you do go through a phase of this is never going to change, that yeah. feeling, <laughs> where you feel like and you're gone two, three weeks and you're yeah. going, I, I, we're never going to get through this, and then you break through. Now, kids who are on the, uh, would be considered on the autism spectrum. They're or, a perfect example of that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. There are extreme cases Absolutely. where you see I, odd behavior and you're going to have to take extreme steps right. to help these kids. Yes. But it's still a lot of common sense. It is. Really, and when you get down to it. Yeah. And there are, I mean, there are extremes. I have a, I actually have a, a first cousin who's um, much older, who's on, she's pretty severe. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she required a lot 
more special help. And of course, that was a long time ago, long before I was born. She's older than me and she didn't get the help she needed. And Mm -hmm. so there are some patterns and things that, you know, are just going to never really be fixed. Yeah. Um, But the younger they are, the easier it is. And the younger they are, the more you should look at these oddities and work to correct them because they will be fixed easier and you won't be looking at them at 10 and 15 and 20. And, and there will still be things, but it won't be the level of severe as, as much as it could be. Yeah. One now thing, the sensitivity issues, there's another issue, but anyways. Uh, one thing I was going to say, especially in thinking of um, younger couples, younger families with younger children, um, when you see this behavior and you want to correct it, um, it would be wise, I think, to get some outside help. And by Absolutely. that, I mean um, older, wiser parents that you respect who are raising sensible, reasonable, mm-hmm. uh, well-adjusted mm-hmm. adult children. Yes. Uh, when you see good fruit in a family, talk to those parents about your child. Yeah, definitely. And and because you know a lot of that common sense isn't really easy to pinpoint, and it isn't so common for young parents. Well, and it's it's hard when you're in the middle of it. You're in the middle of the forest. Yeah. And you know, if you have an aerial view, you can say you need to go north three, you know, three hundred paces, and you'll be out of the woods. Yeah. But when you're in the middle of the woods, you don't know where you are. Yeah. When you are the uptight parent raising the uptight kid, you're not going to think you're uptight. No. You're going to think you're normal. Or you just think you're conscientious. <laughs> I'm just the conscientious. Yeah. And then I love, you know, this was one of the things we found when we had lots of littles yeah. was there was a, definitely an attitude of, I can't believe she lets her children do that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe she, let, you know, there was definitely that spirit. And at the time I did have some, I mean, I was overwhelmed. I had five children, five and under, and there were some things I would do differently if I didn't have five children, five and under. Mm-hmm. Good heavens, yes. But at the same time, I did have a very much underlying, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's going to be okay. Maybe too much. I don't know. Which helps you not panic. It helps you not live in fear. Right. And it's like, you know. And it helps you not raise up tight children. Well, then, yes, they, you know, the dirt, they're dirty and we're going to bathe them. You know, I, I had a, a friend who used to say, children aren't dry clean only. And it was that kind of thing that helped, you know, God made dirt, dirt, dirt don't hurt. You know, (laughs) you know, it's like this, some of that, um, some of that uptightness was, it was helped by others who, who also said, no, it's okay for children to climb the trees. And yeah, they get up high and you say, get down from there before you fall and break your arm, you know, but at the same time, um, I look at all of the ways that they were always pushing their limits that we allowed them two. And, you know, I think it's pretty miraculous that we've only had one broken arm as a result, (laughs) you know, with eight boys and only one broken arm as a result of playing outside, you know, that's pretty good. Um, and I think, I think that's the Lord. (laughs) That's the Lord being kind to us. But, um, but yeah, and I think in the area of being uptight, if you suspect you're uptight, you probably are. And if you suspect you're uptight, you probably need to talk, get some counsel from somebody who's not quite so uptight and they can help you see the areas that, that maybe you're making issues out of things that you shouldn't be making issues out of. And, and that counsel would be very, very helpful. And your children will thank you later. Hi, this is Eric from Highlands. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast from Kara and Steve Murphy as much as I have. 
The Murphys have long written for our magazine, Every Thought Captive, and I'm thrilled that we're getting to hear even more from them as they seek to apply scripture to their everyday lives. The Murphys are just a part of the community of believers that make up the teaching in Highlands. We are adding new voices all the time as we seek to learn from each other about what God would have us to be and how he would have us to live. You can find this podcast and all our other resources on our website at highlandsministriesonline.org. I value your feedback. You are who we are here for. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please don't hesitate to email me at info at highlandsministriesonline.org or you can call 877-878-2238.